Hello, everyone. My name is Amanda, and welcome to my podcast. Last episode, we talked heavily about meditation, and I shared with you my personal meditation technique for my everyday meditation, the simple one that allows me to bring energy in and hold it and and go through my day with a, a positive vibe with everything that I do. I also walked you through how to bring energy into the body with that meditation to maintain it throughout your day. And so today I wanted to share with you some of my personal meditation experiences. I will share with you my first meditation experience. And keep in mind, it took me a long time to figure out that my my brain and my experiences were not like the rest of the world's primary experiences. I don't quite know how else to say that. When I first uh, surrendered to my brain after several years of some hardcore intuitive depression, I call it intuitive depression because my intuition and my perception were the main causes of my depression uh, from me having that internal struggle of shutting it down repeatedly. I have been intuited, intuitive for so long and could receive so much information at one time that I was very easily overstimulated, but that led to this alienation and in trying to deal with the alienation from people, from my school, from so many things. And then I started working and luckily I worked in my first job was in a place that I did, wasn't around a lot of people. I was around animals, <laughs> still creeped out my bosses. Um, but I constantly had an internal struggle with my intuition that led to many years of depression. And when I finally surrendered to that and started becoming a part of the spiritual intuitive community, I discovered that my experiences were very unique in what they were and that a lot of people did not innately have some of the experiences that I had right out of the gate. So I wanted to share with you these oddball experiences that I took for granted in my earlier years and I definitely took some learning how to how to manage and how to get through. I think there's something to be said about having a good innate ability to just drop into meditation. My first meditative experience, I was 16, so I was still in my first year of high school. And if you have listened to my first, very first podcasts, um, I share what, what high school was like for me in that first year. And I had gotten into a group of people that I tried to find the people that just didn't think I was straight up crazy. And so I found some people. And one of those people had recommended that I meditate. Up until that point, I had never heard of meditation. I didn't know it was a thing. I certainly didn't know it was something that people did. Um, looking looking back at my childhood, I can definitely see how I was uh, putting myself in meditative positions um, throughout my childhood, which I thought was really interesting when I started adding up some of the experiences where when I was 9, 10, 11 years old, I would actually go and sit in silence outside for extended periods of time and do nothing. And I always thought that was a normal behavior 
because it was just me and my sister. You know, we didn't have a whole lot of friends and we didn't do a whole lot of things. And so when I had heard about meditation where like, oh, you sit and you listen to your breath, I was like, oh, I must have done that before. Like, it just felt familiar because I already had done things like that, but I just didn't know that I could use that and and actually make it meditation. So I was 16 years old. It was towards the end of that first year. It was still nice outside, which is saying something for Michigan because I think it was the March. Mm, had to have been April because it was starting to get warm and it was towards the end of this of my first school year. And I'll never forget... It was a Saturday, and I went home, and I was like, all right, I'm going to try this meditating thing. I hadn't looked any of it up. I This was before I was really into YouTube or the how-tos and whatnots, and I never researched anything. I just sat down, and I said, I'm just going to meditate. We're going to try this out. And my friend said, focus on your breath. That's what a lot of people do when they start meditating is focus on their breath. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, just the in and out. And she said, yep, just the in and out. And I was like, okay. So I went home, I sat down, I closed my eyes and everybody was home at the time. My parents, both of my parents were home and my younger sister was home and the television was on. And it was uh, not quiet in the house, but not super loud either. But I remember thinking that it didn't really matter to me. And so I sat down in my room. We were in a trailer. We were in a tiny bedroom, one and a half bedroom trailer at the time. And we had the big room on the end. And I sat down on the floor and I closed my eyes and I thought about my breath. I focused on the in and out draws of my breath. Within about, I don't know, five minutes, all of a sudden, I flew out of my body, my consciousness, my awareness came outside of my body. And I looked around and I was still in that trailer, but everything had like a fog over it. Like it was like a dream state. Like you'd see a dream state in a movie scene. That's what it reminded me of. And I thought, whoa, what is this? And I turned to see if I could look at my body and I saw my body sitting on the floor, but it looked like a ghost. Like it wasn't real and it was very see-through. And I was like, whoa. And I saw this bright line of energy going from my body to me, my consciousness. And I was now formless. And I was like, awesome. So I left my bedroom and I went out to where my parents were standing in the kitchen And I could not see their physical bodies, but where their bodies were and where I could hear them speaking, I saw these ripples through the air, like sound waves. And I thought, wow, this is awesome. What am I supposed to do with this? Like, where am I? And so I spent the next several minutes checking out my house and my things and my family And I went outside and I looked around, but I was afraid to go too far. And then I stopped and I tried to see if I could feel physical sensations of my physical body. And I couldn't feel my physical body at all. (laughs) I remember thinking, 
oh man, can I get lost? <laughs> like, how do I handle this? And that, from there, I chose to go back to my body. And that very first time, when I set my intention that I wanted to go back to my body, I heard my breath and I heard it very loudly and very deep and rhythmic. And when I thought to myself, I want to go back to my body, I basically followed that bright white cord that was attached to, from me to my body. I shot down that cord and I was back in my body. And I opened my eyes and everything felt really weird and heavy. And I was like, oh man, well that was interesting. And at first I thought, this isn't really productive at all. But I didn't want to tell anybody that that had happened. So when my friend asked me if I had meditated yet, I said yes. And she asked me what happened and I just kind of said nothing. <laughs> I was like, nothing really happened. And so it was from that moment that I was like kind of hooked. I was like, this is something and it's something really cool. And I, I want to try again. So I tried again and it happened again. I left my body and all I could hear was my breath. And this time, instead of staying locally, I went up above the trees and I flew around for a while because the, the feeling of flight and the feeling of weightlessness was so awesome. And that one was a little more challenging because when I came back to my body, still, I wasn't consciously learning anything. <laughs> I was just having fun and I didn't know what I was doing. And I came back to my body and I was like, okay, I want to go back in my body. And nothing happened. And I was like, I want to go back in my body. <laughs> and nothing happened. And then I said, well, maybe I can fit myself in through my head. And so I literally floated above my head and I drifted down into my body, but I wasn't coming back into it. And it took me a minute to figure it out and give it some more time and put some more effort into it. And I finally did kind of sit down into my body and come back and open my eyes. And I was like, well, that is not cool. If I can do that, then I definitely can get lost. And I don't want to get lost outside of my body. That'd be terrible. And so this was my train of thinking, train of thought. And when I did share with my friend after that experience, what I was experiencing during meditation, she was really surprised. And she said, oh, that's that's astral projection. She said, you can just leave your body? And I said, yeah. And she was really surprised because apparently that was a hard thing to do. And a lot of people have to work at it. And I, I didn't know anything of this. Many years later, um, after lots of different types of meditating and, and learning through trial and error about um, projection, about leaving my body and coming back, astral projection versus astral sight, and the different levels of it there are, once I surrendered to my ability and I started hanging out in the communities of people that practice this type of thing, and I started telling people about the experiences that I've had, I realized that a lot of people did not 
have those experiences. And several of them who'd been um, practicing for a long time, who were energy healers and in different professions of the esoteric, if they let, got to a state where they could astral project, it was a really big deal because they went and they learned something and it was amazing, but it was so few and far between and it was really challenging to get to. So that kind of opened up and started my world of meditation back as a teenager. And I did not stick with meditation at that time. I did it for a while. I played with it for a while. But at a certain point when I decided that I wasn't going to, quote unquote, be the weirdo in school, um, I stopped. I stopped um, trying and I stopped meditating. And thinking back on it, that's often when I think, oh, that's where I went wrong <laughs> because I didn't stick with meditation and I didn't stick with what I could do with myself, with my mind and learn what I could have learned through those years. And I really feel like that's part of what led to so many years of self-repression and which ultimately led to many years of my depression. A lot of people, I feel, I don't know if this is common or not, but intuition can absolutely absolutely lead to various forms of anxiety and depression. And I feel like a lot of people do not know or do not understand that. And therefore it goes unnoticed a lot of times because our brain picks up the energy of other people around us and other things. And as it does that, it can pick up anything in the field, anything emotional or mental or spiritual that is hanging out. And if those are not really good, positive energies, then they're going to lead to depression, anxiety, suspicion, paranoia, and things of that nature. And our brain does it automatically. We don't have to think about intuition. It just exists. And just because someone chooses not to believe it's there or chooses not to believe it's possible does not mean that person does not have a very powerful intuition waiting to sit there and be noticed. And people will go their entire lives not acknowledging their intuition, thinking that it's something you have to practice and develop. Don't get me wrong, practicing it and developing it is by far more useful and helpful in life than just ignoring it. But as a trait, as a skill of the brain, our brain picks up these energy waves unconsciously, subconsciously, without our awareness, 24-7. So it's already there. It's just a matter of paying attention to it. So I wanted to share that one little bit of experience with you today on my experience of meditation and where it kind of started for me. You know, the breathwork was the cornerstone and then leaving my body became a pretty regular affair for a while. And then I stopped. <laughs> I stopped until my mid-20s before I picked it up again. And when I did pick it up again, it had a much different look and a much different feel because clearly I was a much older, different person. Uh, but also I had learned a lot more through my years of trying to push it all out. I actually was able to learn quite a bit. And I didn't realize that until I had come back, come back into the fold and accepted myself in the way that I was, which I will share with you in a future podcast as well as it was really what I consider the birth of me in, in that moment. 
I guess you could call it a rebirth, um, when I decided that I had had enough of my anxiety and enough of my depression and wanted to just accept my brain the way it is. And that's one thing that I feel for people of all kinds, especially people that can re relate and resonate with what I am speaking about today. There's a lot of us out there. There's a lot of us out there struggling with intuition and struggling with our minds because they are seeing and feeling and hearing and it translates into empathy and emotion, but also thoughts and patterns and even sometimes voices. And we're not alone out there. There's so many people out there that have this, that are choosing to ignore it, that are sitting in their rooms, in their closets. Like I once was, I used to be that person that would sit in my closet and pray for my brain to shut up because I couldn't keep the noise out of it. Everything was static. Everything was yelling. Everything was loud. And I have learned how to handle that energy. I've learned how to handle the waves. I've learned how to tap into the source of the frequency that puts it all together and have used it for enough years that my brain now naturally has the patterns of dealing with the different types of frequency frequencies and emotions and energy. Anyway, that's where I leave you today. I hope you're all having a fantastic day. I hope that you got something out of this podcast that was useful in your everyday life, even if it's just a shred of hope that there's hope out there. If you're experiencing anything of what I was describing, that there are things out there that help and then can make it better if you know where to look. I hope you have a beautiful day. I uh, will talk to you all next week.